0: Welcome to Just a Parishioner. I'm Loren Zaragoza.
1: I'm Sean Greeley.
0: Thanks for downloading today's episode. All of our episodes are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and YouTube as well. We got a good show for you today. Uh, Sean, what are we going to be talking about today?
1: We're going to be talking about pop culture, really Stranger Things, (laughs) TV. If you guys like TV, you've probably heard of Stranger Things. Right. And we'll mix Catholicism in there somewhere,
0: just a little bit in there. And in we're the, gonna try
1: not to spoil too much, but I'm, you know, we're gonna have to something. I don't know.
0: It, it, it's really not gonna be a lot. Yeah. But uh, I, we, this came up because my wife and I just finished the last season of Stranger Things. We're a little behind. And just, I think
1: you guys were the last ones on Earth.
0: See, you say that, but now you just insulted a bunch of people. who Are like, oh, I, uh, I'm only three episodes in. So,
1: well, really, I mean, honestly, this is like a little. Divide between our culture of the the people who have four children versus the people who have no children. <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> you guys finished in two days. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: I think we might have done less. <laughs> the, the last episodes weren't even out, and you finished in two yeah, days. That's we, impressive. We found the Stranger Things and we watched it. Uh,
0: so, I mean, my wife and I we canceled Netflix for like a year and a half or two years, and then Stranger Things came out. I'm like, I oh, will we will reget it. And then now I'm going to cancel it again until Stranger Things comes out again.
1: (laughs) So (laughs) So it's like the only thing worth watching anyway. But it's awesome. But then I find
0: other stuff and I'm like, oh, this is, I forgot that I like watching this and this, but I got to cut it out now. It's
1: true. Uh, Lorenz, love the shirt. Yep.
0: Let's uh oh. So if you're watching on YouTube, it says uh, "Wanna Taco about Jesus." It's one of my favorite shirts.
1: And I only bring that up because if you're not watching on YouTube, then you're gonna miss out on a great shirt. Exactly. Switch over to YouTube. Let us pray. Us.
0: Yeah. Let us pray. So, uh, great show for you coming up. But why? So again, Stranger Things. Minor spoiler alerts. I mean, really, like nothing. Nothing too crazy that we're going to be spoiling, but yeah. a lot of themes going on within that show. So if you did watch it, you'll pick up on it. If you haven't seen it yet, still a worthwhile episode to listen to, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen it, the whole like premise of the, like, the whole show, like, what is it, four seasons in now? Yeah, four okay. seasons. Yeah, so it's like these children start having these almost like supernatural or paranormal ac- encounters and one of the kids goes missing at one point in the first season and then, you know, they run into these like essentially like demonic creatures that are like wreaking havoc on this small town in Indiana. And it's all set in like the eight, I think the late seventies initially, and then into the eighties and maybe we'll get into the nineties next season. I'm hopeful we'll get a little like, um, Nirvana going runs, you know, (laughs) took me a second to think of the band name, but, um, but yeah, so that's kind of the whole thing. And then it kind of develops of like where these creatures are coming from. And then they, kind of have this whole upside down world where it's like a different dimension that's like the opposite of the world above that we all live in. So right,
0: and, and at that point, we really haven't spoiled anything that you don't find out in the first couple of episodes of the first season, really. Right. Um, but the reason why we bring up uh, this episode in particular is that the uh, the antagonist um, has, again, supernatural powers. And Sean, you thought it'd be, <laughs> you thought there was a, a very big link with, uh, let's call it, an antagonist in our own world, right? Yeah. So I did. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, I mean, what do you? I mean, why don't you dive into it? I, this was this this actually was your idea, so I'd love to hear. Yeah. Your premise of of why of where Stranger Things really falls into our faith.
1: Yeah. So I mean, we were texting about it earlier today, which kind of made me kind of think about it, and so we're just very last second with coming up with podcast episode themes sometimes, but today, like, just thinking about that topic, like. In the most recent season of Stranger Things, the antagonist, like Loren said, is kind of seems like the mastermind to some degree of everything that's been happening. Although we don't actually know that yet. But um, the he's like wreaking havoc on the citizens of this town, Hawkins, Indiana, right? And at least initially, we see the per- first person who's kind of like being tortured is this cheerleader. Her name is Chrissy. And we don't really know what's wrong with her for the first episode or so, maybe the second episode. I forget which one we find out. But we kind of see her like she's this popular girl at school and has a ton of friends. And it's like her boyfriend is like the captain of the basketball team. And it's kind of like the the it girl in the school, it kind of seems like. But then she starts showing a lot of signs of like being ex- extremely nervous and anxious and like freaking out. And it ends up that she's trying to like buy drugs to like, calm herself down. So she goes to this guy who's a drug dealer um, who becomes a pretty main character in the season and tries to buy drugs from him. And then this evil character kind of makes himself known to her. And eventually, actually, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but kills her. Um, you'll find that out in like one or two episodes. So sorry, I didn't spoil that one, but um, that's kind of how it goes. But then you kind of uncover like why, she's being tortured and like what allowed her to be accessed in like a way that she could be tortured. Um, I I forget exactly. It was like a mental health thing. What exactly was going on with her? It
0: was, uh, I think it was an eating disorder that she may have had,
1: but
0: you know, the whole, the whole correlation to what we're talking about today is this antagonist is really digging into his victims' deepest, darkest fears that yeah. only they know about, right? Yep. And so, uh, again, that's—I don't think that's too much spoiling. And we'll leave it at that for uh, for for the time being. But right. I think that's
1: obviously and the but- things that they haven't told other people about, right. right? It's like they they you know, it's very much like leaning on the mental health crisis in some degree in that way. But all, like mental health, you know, just a very popular thing and these days to talk about and rightfully so, but. Um, like we see it relationally, I think the reason we're talking about it is like this evil character that is kind of hidden from the world, but takes control of people's lives when they have something horrible that is eating away at their souls and they don't talk to anybody about it and they have nowhere to go with it except for like inside and they just try to hide it away most of the time or run away from it. Um, or, you know, seek something to distract themselves from it. But ultimately, it's like the thing that's there is going to consume you if you don't find an outlet for it to some degree. Now, in the spiritual realm, it's like, well, we we actually have something. We have a name for that. Yeah. It's called Satan. Yeah, right. exactly. It's called, like, the evil spirit that is still makes itself manifest in the world around us.
0: Right. and And, I mean, the parallel there is, to your point, somebody who... Isn't reaching out to anybody around them, but they they you know they harvest it inside of them. Well, guess what? He knows <laughs> he knows our deepest and darkest fears, even though we haven't expressed it to anybody. So there's there's gigantic parallels there, and I mean that's essentially the link, and that's why we thought it was relevant to talk about tonight.
1: Right. So, uh, getting into that, it's like think about I, I think everyone here listening, and probably the two definitely the two of us in this room can kind of like thinking about the moments of our lives where. We were like mired in sin, even if we didn't necessarily recognize it as sin at the time for, you know, whatever stage of life or whatever. And it's like you were mired in sin and you know that you're like part of you knew that it, like, it didn't agree with who you are at the root of it. But at the same time, like it's almost tempting to let that become who you are because of the sense that like you've done it and there's no way around it. Um Like Satan takes full advantage of that. Like Satan, the the reason Satan tempts us away from God and away from the good is because he knows the power that that can have over us if we never relinquish ourselves to God and allow his love and mercy into our lives. Um, That's how Satan operates. You know, he wants to distract us from good in the world. He wants to distract us from truth in the world and like steer us away from the things that are actually going to give us life. And ultimately, like if he does a good enough job and we never, you know, open our eyes or open our hearts to like the way that God wants us to live our lives, then all that leads to is like actual spiritual death. And that's what hell is. So like in Stranger Things, like this guy, this evil spirit character thing is taking over people's minds and actually like physically breaking their bones and like killing them. And like spiritually, that's exactly what Satan does to us in some degree.
0: Right. And and something that I think that you you spoke about very briefly is the fact that we don't see what's going on. We don't see him. Like, it's easy to point out enemies. It's easy to point out uh, terrorists when they have a face, right? Um, but it's not easy to point out the enemy that you can't see. Mm-hmm. And he does such a great job. And again, this is his biggest win, right? His biggest win is when he convinces you that he doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And in a grander scheme of things, and what's happening in a lot in our culture is he's convincing an entire culture, like the entire world, that he doesn't exist. Right. And the second that that happens, the second that we don't recognize that Satan is around us, tempting us every single day, the re- you know, and when we try to place blame in in other avenues now again there there are other avenues to blame but everything behind that is Satan.
1: yeah yeah i think about it, like in the show like they go on like this manhunt for the drug dealer kid who's also part of this Dungeons and dragons club called the hellfire club so like a lot of things leading you to believe that this kid is like like a, a demon praiser and like is doing ouija boards to summon evil spirits and all this different stuff and he like people believe he put like a curse on the town. So there's this whole town-wide manhunt going on for this kid, Eddie, in the show when realistically like he had nothing to do with the reason this girl died or why other people in the show go through what they go through. It's all this like dark force that is unseeable or unknowable like at first glance. So like, like you said, like in, in our lives, I mean, we attribute so much stuff to, Things of the world, so much evil and suffering. We like have to have this like scientific mindset or rationalistic mindset of like, why is this happening? Like, we're gonna get to the bottom of it. But realistically, like, yes, like there are probably physical causes for a lot of things, or you know whatever causes. But um, like, evil is present in the world because of one one factor, and that was you know human sin, tempted away from God. Uh, Because of Satan like From the beginning we see that So it's kind of like A very strong parallel there I think too And we are so We are so easily Taken advantage of when we turn away from God And we're so easily distracted From what's actually taking advantage of us When we turn away from God
0: Yeah, I mean it goes to this You said a turning away from God Because if it weren't for Satan We'd be united with him Forever, for all eternity It goes back to, like you said, Genesis, right? And, I mean, another thing that he does, and one thing that I need to kind of concentrate on also is if I'm not recognizing that he is behind the temptation, behind the sin, then I'm not actively trying to get closer to God to get away from him, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there are other reasons why we should be trying to get to God, but one reason is, hey, like, the closer I get to God— The more I can ask for his help to protect me from Satan as well.
1: 100%. Yeah, it's like, I mean, you may have heard the word spiritual warfare, right? And if you're listening, you may have heard that. Like, Lorenz, what is spiritual warfare in your words?
0: Spiritual warfare, uh, I mean, we're talking about the unknown, we're talking about things that you can't see. And it's that's essentially, I mean, you know what warfare is it's a battle and that and And that battle's going on within every single one of us. Uh, I think that battle is going on as a whole. I think there are leaders in this battle. I think our clergy can be great leaders in this battle, but there's uh, i mean correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it's a grand scheme battle, but it's also a battle within ourselves.
1: yeah, I think primarily it takes place in every human being's heart and soul, right like Obviously, there is like the grand scheme of like humanity and you know God trying to draw humanity closer to him and Satan trying to draw humanity away. But like that only happens person to person. So like, yeah, I think it's like every day in our lives, there are good forces and bad forces at work that we cannot see or sense. Um, Intelligent beings like angels that are fallen and angels that are in alignment with God and those fallen angels, the devils and the demons that we, you know, think about with like these evil creatures with horns and gargoyles and all that kind of stuff. But like, realistically, they are forces that are trying to actively turn us away from God day to day. And that's like, like you said, like we need to find ways to turn towards God so that we're not taken in by the, the temptations from those forces.
0: And, and you know, the thing is, it's it's very easy. I mean, especially in this world. Uh you know, we live in a world where we watch television shows, fiction, right? We watch a lot of sci-fi these days as well. So it's when we're talking about demons and angels and spiritual warfare, it's easy to get pulled into this mentality that, oh, well, you know what? It's like, well, that's basically just another TV show. That's what's going on. It's all fiction to help interpret What's actually going inside of us? It's like no, actually no. Yeah. <laughs> like this, this spiritual warfare and something that I need to come to a better realization of. No, this is actually happening, and we can't see it. It's actual angels and demons, and this is what we believe as Catholics: actual angels and demons that are battling every single minute around us with within us.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And and that's it's it is, it is very real and and the church is is not shy about that there are things that are gray in the church now this is black and white demons exist angels exist and there is there are battles that are going on
1: every minute I mean there are like and there are forces at work in the world that are trying to like disallow you from knowing that and it sounds like this almost sounds like conspiracy but like it's not where like the the evil forces in the world are actively trying to get you not to believe in something like spiritual warfare so this is what I want to ask you like there was an article that came out in the Atlantic yesterday that had to do with the rosaries. Did you see that? I did see that. Yeah. yeah. So if you didn't see it, like I, I didn't read the entire thing. I got a pretty good idea of where it was going and it was somebody, I forget who even wrote it, but essentially someone writing about how they were like detailing how praying the rosary is now associated with the extreme militant right in America, like politically and like people who talk about praying the rosary or use terms like spiritual warfare are actually referring to preparing for militant violence and like actual warfare in the world. It's baffling that somebody could even come close to that conclusion when you talk about praying the rosary. But what is the rosary? Like the rosary is, I forget if it was St. Padre Pio or St. Maximilian Colby, but one of those awesome saints said, like, the rosary is the weapon for our times because it is a weapon against these evil forces. It's a weapon of spiritual warfare to protect your own soul from being corrupted by the forces at work in this invisible world around us.
0: Right. And then uh, I think there are parts of the article that encourage people to be offended <laughs> by yeah. the rosary. Like, yeah. hey, listen, like, don't bust that thing out around me because, it. it you know, I, I feel uncomfortable with that around
1: if people think about like, you know, people I'm, I remember when I was in college and I was in the Catholic campus ministry and like there was an, a Planned Parenthood clinic down the road. And our campus ministry would like take groups of students down there on you know weekday mornings or weekend mornings. And we would pray a rosary outside of it, not on the property, but on the sidewalk outside of the clinic. And we would see, stu- you know, people driving into the parking lot and going in. Every once in a while, there would be somebody who wouldn't go in and we didn't know if it was because of us or something or, you know, just some personal thing they were going through. But like, that's the kind of stuff that unfortunately gets popularized in a really negative way in the media where it's like, these people are trying to prevent women from choosing their own, you know, paths forward and everything. And we're like, now nah, we're just praying for the souls of those babies. Yeah. Like whether they, whether the mothers go through with it, unfortunately, or whether they have a conversion of heart and choose not to go through with it that day, like, Whatever happens, we are praying for the souls of those children and for the mothers. Like, that's all we're doing. But like you said, like, it's like there's this encouragement for something like public faith and public prayer in the form of the rosary in this instance to be this horrible, evil thing.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, circling back to, you know, the initial conversation we were having, Satan, you know, just being the master of lies— Invisible, around us, very real. Um, I mean, the rosary is, is, like you said, that's an amazing tool that we have at our disposal, um, which personally, I need to use more. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I know that I need to. Um, if, if I'm doing one, maybe I should be doing two. I don't know, but like like a day. But it's, I, my question to you is, let's talk on, on a personal level. Take a step back from a cultural level. But what can we be doing you and I, what, what can we be doing on a daily basis um, to, to help fight off Satan? I mean, I, hmm. I'll put it in very blunt terms, to fight off Satan, at least within our own lives personally. I mean, what so, would you say?
1: I'll put a disclaimer that I'm certainly not doing all of these things every single day. But. That's
0: why I said we. Right. I said we, like, what, I, what, 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 what do we need we could, what do? We, we can improve upon do? it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 not you. Not you Listen. What do we need to do together, right? Or individually as well.
1: So I think the rosary is a great one. And the the beautiful, awesome thing about the rosary, outside of the fact that in its entirety, it is beautiful and awesome, is that it's like highly customizable. Like there is a pattern to it. Like you're going to do your Apostles' Creed. You're going to do your Our Fathers, your Hail Marys. Uh, you're going to do your Mysteries. But like it's not, an, it's not like an official, like complete, you need to do the complete prayer every time you do it, like something like the Masses. Um, it's a devotion. It's a devotional prayer, meaning that like you are, you know, praying it out of the gratitude to God in your heart. So, and, and asking for the intercession of Mary. So like you can pray one decade of the rosary and that's all you do. And like, that's still praying the rosary. That's totally fine. You yeah. know, you do it like on your commute to work in the car or on the train or whatever, and you pray as much or as little as you can in that moment. But like the road, calling upon our blessed mother to come and defend us, like I think I was just to go back to another pop culture reference. Like I think about how in Harry Potter, which I don't think you're that into, right? I've watched
0: the first few. Okay. We have we have friends who are I probably watch all of them
1: 30, oh,
0: 30 times over. Me
1: and my wife. We're uh, all we're very much into it. No, yeah. I, I
0: I'm, I'm not judging. I, I just haven't.
1: Right. I liked it. I do think it's funny that like a lot of like Christian parents like were so against Harry Potter when it first came really? out. Like, oh, they were like book burnings. It was crazy because they were thought it was like witchcraft, oh, and okay. you know, to some I don't know if that's like something that's actually like a church thing. But I mean, people love like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that, and it's like in reality, like yeah, there's no like witchcraft going on there. But is there a difference? But that's a whole other episode we could get I into. I
0: mean, I mean Narnia. <laughs> I mean all right. of that. Like that that's well, a- you know what
1: it is because Tolkien was Catholic and C.S. Lewis was Christian apologist. So, oh, there you yeah. go. But you go. J.K. Rowling, not so much. Okay. But
0: yeah. Fair enough, um, fair enough. She's
1: pretty cool, but
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, in Harry Potter, like how does Harry survive the, the attack from the most evil force on the planet with the most deadly spell?
0: Oh, listen, right? spoiler alert, I haven't seen it yet.
1: Okay, well, you're about you know <laughs> 23 years late on this one. <laughs> but like, how does Harry survive that? This innocent child who was being attacked by the most deadly force with the most deadly spell that's supposed to kill you as soon as it makes contact with you. It first... His father tried to defend him by stopping uh, Voldemort, the evil guy. But then his mother do, like, laid down her life for her son by putting herself in front of him and protecting him from the evil that was coming at him. And now I'm getting all chills talking about it because like, whether J.K. Rowling knew it or not, she was really doing an awesome depiction of how the Blessed Mother throws herself in front of Satan mm. when he tries to get to us and we, we call her into, into the fight. Like we call Marion because we know that she is this awesome pure vessel that brought Christ into the world and Satan can't touch. Right. How amazing is that? That
0: that's that's good, man. I haven't even seen it and I'm getting chills thinking yeah. about that. That that is an amazing depiction. Somebody
1: tell J.K. Rowling about this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Send it over to her. Tag her. Right. Yeah, she's gonna love it. Um no, dude, that's that's really good. But but again, it it's something that's this isn't fiction. This isn't like what we're talking about right now. Well, Harry Potter's fiction, but yeah. but everything we're talking about now, like like praying, is very real. We had talked about it in the last episode with Aaron, where you know the culture is saying we don't need thoughts and prayers. We need action. It's like, hey, listen, we need both. Like mm-hmm. because prayers are very real, and and we don't know exactly what's happening, but it, it's you cannot deny that something is happening. So I, I agree with you. I mean, the rosary is a huge tool, in, you know, individually to fight off, you know, the spiritual battles that are going on within us. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll say, you know, reconciliation. I think that I think that's a big one. I think that's a big tool that I think is underutilized. And, uh, you know, going back to, you know, inner demons, just like we were talking about stranger things before, these these things that people hold inside of themselves um, if they feel like they don't want to talk about it with other people, but they still feel this, you know, the world on their shoulders and all this guilt, you, you either release it somehow, some way, in a healthy way, or you turn to other avenues that are extremely unhealthy, mm-hmm. right? And we all do it, you know, like like we're not all going to reconciliation every single week, right. and but we all sin Every single day, yeah, we should be going every week. In a lot of ways, that's what I'm saying. So, (laughs) like, so we're we're holding on to all this sin, and if we don't release it in a proper way, which is spoiler alert, reconciliation, then we're going to turn to things that are even more sins. And now we're just now we have a tendency as humans to just double down on all of that. Um, But to be able to go to a priest who and and Jesus is acting through the priest to forgive our sins. I mean that's that's not nothing. That's everything. It's right everything there. That's yeah.
1: everything right. It's literally there. going to the one person who has the power to get you out of the dark place you're in and saying, "This is the way that I have failed. Please, please forgive me. Like, right. please, and not just forgive me, but like welcome me back in the same way that you would welcome back like the person you love the most. Right? Who ultimately, spoiler alert, is you. Yeah, and me. Like you and me and right. everyone." Or is the person that Jesus loves the most? Right,
0: and, and I mean, speaking of everything, the third tool, right? I mean, just being, being present with the Eucharist, yeah. going to mass, receiving the Eucharist. I mean, like that's, like that's everything, right there, and receiving
1: in a state of grace too. Yeah, like in, I, in I, we're talking about confession. And pair here. those two things, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Like I mean, and I, and I, you know, I'm not perfect by any means. I've received uh communion not in a state of grace many times in my life, unfortunately. All of us have. And every time I go to confession, I confess that because it's like you said, like we have this tendency to double down. And like, I've been in the pew on Sundays where I'm like, okay, I know I'm not supposed to receive communion if I haven't been to confession recently. And if I am in a state of mortal sin, like if I've done something mortally sinful and fully knew about it, I know I'm not supposed to receive confession or I'm sorry, not receive confession. I'm not supposed to receive communion right now.
0: Before we (laughs) receive confession.
1: (laughs) And then the line starts for communion and you're sitting there and you say this line right beforehand where you say, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and I shall be healed. And you kind of mentally say to yourself, I think you said the word. I think you said the word. I think I'm healed. I think I'm good. And then you go up in line and you receive because like you don't want to be the socially weird person who either goes up and crosses the arms over the chest so that you're not receiving or you stay in your pew. And like, I mean, especially if you're like with your family, they might look at you and they might ask questions like, Oh, why didn't you receive? And then it's this whole weird conversation about, Oh, I'm in a state of mortal sin, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or
0: or even worse being on the inner side of the pew and having to stand up while 30 people pass you in the pew. Oh, it's the worst. (laughs) So definitely don't want to be that guy. No, but, (laughs) but again, we we should be, (laughs) we should be. And, and that's
1: normalized staying in the pew.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But, but that's, but that's exactly it, and and there's no, there's no shame in that. You're doing that for your own soul, like we're doing that for our own soul, mm-hmm. because we're saying at this point, Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you. And I'll, I'll say that there have been times that I've abstained from from receiving, and oh my gosh, like talk about like fire, mm-hmm. like fire burning within me to get to reconciliation that week, because I know I, I'm not doing that two weeks in a row, yeah. <laughs> All right? So. I mean, you want to light a fire within yourself, and and just if you feel like you're in the state of moral sin, abstain from receiving the Eucharist. It's not, it, ironically, it's like it's, it's not a sin to not receive it. You no. still you still participated in mass. Your, your obligation is you, you filled is to, your it. obligation, yeah. right? Um, it, it's the opposite. It is a sin to receive. Uh, you know, if you're not in the state of grace, so. At the end of the day, it's like we all again. I, I'm right there with you. Like there are times I'm like I should not be receiving today, and then the line starts to move. I'm like, okay, here I go, mm-hmm. and and then I, like I ironically feel horrible about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, so absolutely you're like the 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 two things we were talking about receiving eucharist getting to confession those Mm -hmm. two things hand in hand for sure
1: yeah and Um, you mentioned being present with the eucharist i mean obviously we're talking about like adoration too and like spending time physically with christ for a period of time like if you have the opportunity to do that like you're going to be in a much better like i think i think mental state and obviously spiritual state but i think even mental state where like you're going to feel a lot more confident in your ability to avoid sin and coming out of something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, another, just one of the, I, I have two other things that I would suggest as far as the spiritual spiritual warfare uh, goes. Number one is praying one simple prayer, the prayer of Saint Michael the Archang- Archangel. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, which used to be something that every priest would pray with the congregation after mass up until I think I guess up until Vatican II, probably. Um, everything changed then. Mm-hmm. But uh, like it's this pretty simple prayer of just asking St. Michael, who is like the greatest warrior among the angels, right? Like kind of God's right hand, spiritual spiritual warrior to do battle with Satan. Um, that's what you ask St. Michael to do is to defend us from evil, like quite literally stop the demons from haunting our lives and invading our lives. And when you invoke him like that, it's it's a pretty powerful thing. Yeah. Um, and I find myself like kind of quietly praying it to myself, like coming out of mass or just in the car sometimes, like because you know, it's just something that should be a part of our daily lives, I think. And outside of that, as far as a daily life routine and prayer that I think keeps you grounded and keeps you in a space of holiness is praying the liturgy of the hours, which is a series of prayers every day that is required for priests and for like religious brothers and maybe sisters too Mm -hmm. to pray. Um, usually consists of, I mean, technically there's like nine parts to it every day that monks used to pray. Uh, and they would wake up at like 3am to do the first hour of it. But now it's mostly just morning, evening and night prayer that, you know, priests and other religious people are uh, required to pray. But as lay people, we're encouraged to pray it along with the church. And I try to like, I'm not not perfect with it by any means, but I'm trying to at least do like one of them every day. Like when I wake up in the morning, I try to do morning prayer or at night I'll I'll do night prayer. Um, You know, usually kind of trying to fit one of those into the day. It's really just praying with the Psalms, which I think is really kind of poignant for what we're talking about here and really kind of like on the The mark because like, what are the Psalms? Most of it is, I mean, it's all um, supposed to have been written by David, um, King David in in, um, ancient Israel. Mm -hmm. And like in most of them, it's him lamenting to God, like God, like what this horrible place that I'm in and this horrible state that I'm in. And I have these enemies all around me and I have all these evil thoughts and I've done all these evil actions. But ultimately I put my trust in you and I put my hope in you. Um, a lot of his, his limitations like that. So when you're praying it and you're have, kind of thinking about like this whole idea of spiritual warfare, it's so easy to put yourself into the shoes of David writing these psalms. And it's supposed to be kind of like an everyman prayer mm-hmm. where it's, God, this is the, this desperate situation that I'm in. And you're the only hope that I have. So I'm putting my hope in you. Right.
0: And that's, we shouldn't be turning to him when, when he's our only hope. But right. there are, I mean, there are times where that's exactly the case yeah. that we're in right now. Um, I think that's a great place to wrap up. I mean, I think we I think we discussed a lot of tools that we need to implement in both of our own lives there. Like, uh, especially those last two, that, that's something I need to do a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but we talked about it before, man. It, it comes down to recognizing that, Two persons exist, Satan and God. <laughs> we need to recognize both of
1: them. And- well, if we're getting theological about it, you know, Satan's like a fallen angel and God isn't necessarily. He's three persons in one entity of being God, so...
0: Thanks for downloading today's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Available on We can't have people think I'm heretics up in here. <laughs> Fair enough. No, the, dude, that's why you keep the, me in check. Great job. This isn't
1: like a yin and yang situation. That's yeah, all I'm yeah, saying.
0: Yeah. No, no, you, you're you're right. And it was uh this this was a um No, you, you kept me in check.
1: Good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Semantics. Satanics. No. Oh no no no! Not up in here.
0: Not up in here, um, but honestly, guys, thank you so much for downloading today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Check us out on our social media sites: facebookcom parishioner, Instagram at JesterParishioner, as well. You can shoot us an email at weareparishioners at gmail.com.
1: Thank you guys so much for listening. Please pray for us. We're praying for you. Say a prayer of St. Michael, uh, the archangel for us. Appreciate it.
0: And just like Sean did, if I said anything else stupid, shoot us an email and let me know.
1: Yeah, please. Thanks.
0: Thanks.